interesting message today for you. Say, uh-oh, no, no, so it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's just my imagination gets thinking. As I'm reading the Word of God, I see trigger points in the Word of God. I say, oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, look at that. One, two, three times in three chapters, it says this one word. There must be something I've missed over the years. Let's preach about it. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I think it's right on time. Uh, Esther was ministering the word on Wednesday night, and what a good job Esther did on Wednesday night. She spoke on what is my truth. She took it off my message a couple of weeks ago, what is truth, and she brought back as she meditated on that word. This is how you're supposed to work. She, she, she meditated on that word, and out of that, the question the Lord asked her is, well, what is your truth, Esther? And then she asked us, what is your truth? You see? And see, that's how it works. See, because the challenge comes from the word, and then you have to take that challenge, and you have to say, what is this for me? What does this mean to me? And out of that, she got, what is my truth? So I need to examine myself to see what is my truth. Not that I just assume I have everyone else's truth, but what is my truth? And I, I was joking with her after I got to lead the prayer meeting. I said, Esther, you're, touch, you're, you're tapping into my Sunday message in a big way here. You know, you don't know it, but you're tapping into my message in a big way. Praise the Lord. But that's also good. Isn't it good when preachers don't really know what each one is preaching? Like, we don't say to Esther, Esther, before you preach, show us your notes. We don't even, we just, we just trust her anointing upon her life. But it's actually great confirmation when she starts tapping into the Sunday morning message from the message two weeks ago, it's great confirmation, the moving of the Holy Spirit in the hearts and minds of the people of the church. Isn't this good? So here's the, to here's the topic. Here, here, here's the title. What is your belief system? Have you ever heard that word before? Belief system? I remember about 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, uh, a preacher was talking about this, and he, talked, he started talking about belief systems. And I thought to myself, hmm, I have never heard that term before. And when I hear something that's new, you know, they get like the Greeks, you know, the Greeks say they always look for something new, right? That was in the book of Acts, by the way. Anyways, but so I started thinking, belief system, I like that. I like that because I already knew the kingdom of God was a system, how God operates on this earth. And then this preacher was talking about what is your belief system, that our belief system must be based on the kingdom of God principles. And, of course, I love the kingdom of God. I love believing. I realize believing is a system. And I love systems because you know why systems are so good? Ask me that. Say, Pastor, why are systems so good? Come on. Because a system works exactly the same way every time it's powered up. The cool thing about a system, I got, I use my, I use my old iPhone. Look at, just to prove it, I actually got a clock going. I don't know if I use it when it runs out of time. If I need a bit more time, I do get take some liberty. But I got, a, I use this for a clock. But see, this iPhone operates on a Apple operating system. And every time I push that button and put in my code, because it's old, it works the same way. It comes up every time. Now, this, this phone has got to be five or six years old, but it still works. It's so good, I'm actually giving it away to somebody. I'm giving, I want to go down east. I'm going to give it away to someone on the east coast because it's still working so good. They need a phone. So I'm gonna, I said, I got a good phone. 
works good. I'll give it. I'll give you this one. Then I'll have to go back to my. I still got an iPhone five at home, and it'll become my new time clock. See, see, they keep working. So, anyways, what is your belief system? So, so I thought that ten years ago. See, every human. Watch this now. Every human being, which we all are, lives by a belief system. It's, it's, it's how you've learned being taught and trained to live. That's your belief system. We all have it. Everyone who's saved, unsaved, every human being, every culture, every religion operates by a belief system. Something that how they, they've learned how to live, what they believe is true, and they feel good about it because that's how they live. They, they've lived by this system. And anywhere you go in the world, People are living by their belief systems right across Canada. Your neighbor might be living by a different belief system than you. Amen? And every one of us has little tweaks and little areas of our belief system. They're a little bit different than each other. Why? Because we're human. Some people are stronger in believing in healing. Some people are stronger in believing in finance. Some people are moving great mercy. We all got different gifts and talents. So our, every little part of our belief system is tweaked a little bit because you're not exactly like me and I'm not exactly like you. That's why we all got to just purpose to get along. Amen? Now watch this now. Our belief system forms our opinions and determines our responses to every challenge or everything we face in life. Every response you make to anything going on in your life is based off of your belief system. Amen? So some people are used to responding, and not none of you, of course, and none of you online, because no, no, none of us, someone else. Some people are used to responding with anger for every problem. Amen? Well, that's just built into their belief system. This is how I respond to problems. I get angry. Amen? Well, some people are used to, when they get a problem, as we, when we get a problem, what's our response? Go to the Lord. Go to the Word. Praise, honor, and thanksgiving to the Lord. See, that's the kingdom of God belief system versus the worldly belief system. We all have a belief system. And today... I want to challenge you. Oh, another challenge, Pastor? Yes, we need challenges. No human being will ever fulfill the purpose and plan God has for their life without being challenged to move forward. Challenges are wonderful. Some people say, oh, Pastor, do we always have to be challenged to change? Yes. Why? Because you're human. And human nature always works the same in everybody. If it's not challenged to change, it goes to the lowest common denominator. That's what socialism does. Socialism relies on the government will take care of me. I don't have to think. I don't have to dream. I don't have to plan. I just have to wait for that check to arrive. I'll have enough. Just enough. Barely enough. That's what, that's what socialism is about. Amen? See, see, see we got to understand that, that, that when people know how, how human nature works, they can tap into it for good or evil or bad. And we got that going on in our world right now. 
All right? So I want you to see this. Now, very quickly, let's get into some scriptures. This is where I saw this. And when I see things three times, here's it. Write this down. When you see, when God speaks to you some, one thing three times in a short period of time, stop and start a Bible study and study that out and figure what he's trying to get to you. See, when he shows, I've seen this over the years, when he shows you something three times, maybe someone comes to you and says, you know what, I just, I just really think it, I got to get a revelation on healing. And someone says, talk to you about healing. And then you're reading your Bible and it's all about healing. And then you come to church and the preacher's talking about healing. And three days, you've been boom, 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 healing. Guess what you better get on to? You better get yourself down and find out all about healing because the Lord's about to get something to you. And I've actually found out down there through through experience, sometimes the Lord is getting me ready because he understands there's an attack coming. Have you ever been there? Because I'm human, I live in this world, attacks do come. But the mercy of the Holy Spirit, the mercy of the Lord might be preparing my faith, get my faith up, pumped right up. So when that attack comes, I said, I bind you in Jesus' name by the stripes of Jesus. I'm healed. Get out of way from me, Satan. And I'm going on with my life. And the attack didn't amount to anything because I listened to the warning of the Holy Ghost. Not the topic today, but that sure is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Mark chapter 8. Let's get right into Mark chapter 8, 9, 10, 11. We're right in the, in the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, all of Jesus' words. When Jesus says something, what do we say it is? Hot. Remember, you know, in, in, the old, in the old versions of the Bible, all of Jesus' words are in red. That means they're hot, okay? Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 8, verse 32. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside. So Jesus was just telling the disciples, I'm going away. I'm going to be crucified. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside, began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around, looked at his disciples, and then reprimanded Peter. So Peter tried to reprimand Jesus. Jesus reprimanded Peter. And he says, get away from me, Satan. He said, now this is what I want you to see. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Right there you see something in the Bible that's so true. There's always two points of view. Okay? There's a human, natural point of view, and there's God's point of view. Each belief system will either have a human point of view or God's point of view. Which one do you think you're going to pick? God's point of view. We need to challenge our mind, renew our mind to always choose God's point of view in every situation and challenge. Jesus said, you are, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view. So put down number one. Pastor Mike saw the word human once. All right. This is in the one set of devotions because I usually read about four chapters in the New Testament. So I, I saw human point of view. Mark chapter 10, 27, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, that's pretty close to human, isn't it? It is impossible, but not with God. With God, everything is impossible. So if you're going to have a belief system that's based on human efforts, 
you are not going to see the impossible, the miraculous, and the supernatural. But if you're going to put your faith in the God kind of system, if you're going to put your faith in the kingdom kind of system, if you're going to live by the belief system of the kingdom, you're going to live in the miraculous, the impossible is going to come to pass. You're going to have faith. You're going to have favor. You're going to see his faithfulness. You're going to have peace. You're going to have joy. You're going to have miracles and healings. Which system do you want to choose? Which system is going to be your belief system? Because we all have a belief system. But see, the challenge of every Christian is to renew our mind and tie in to, a, to the belief system founded in the kingdom of God based on faith and the word of God and the presence and power and anointing of the Holy Ghost. What is your belief system? Amen? So now I'm just reading my Bible. I said, human point of view. Next couple chapters later, humanly speaking. I said, Lord, what's up? What's up? He says, the sermon's up. Amen. Mark 11, verse 29 to 30. I tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied. Now, see, the Pharisees and Sadducees said, Jesus, why did you trash our temple yesterday? By what authority did you trash our temple? That's what he re they really said. And, and so Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? Three times, one devotion, something's up. Say it, something's up. Okay, something's up for you too. Amen? The challenge is on. The challenge is on. What do you believe? What do have you based your belief system on? And I think this is so powerful to me. It's so powerful that the Lord is teaching us this because we're going to need this. We're going to need this in the future. We're going to need when all the stuff is breaking loose around us, economy, education, government, everything, environment, everything is breaking loose and going in the wrong way. Guess what we're going to need? We're going to need a belief system that's based on faith. Faith in Jesus, the finished work of the cross. That's why Pastor Kathy's coming. I guarantee you, I haven't talked to Pastor Kathy, but I know what's going to be mentioned when Pastor Kathy preaches. The finished work of the cross. Because that's all she's been preaching for the last 20 years. Because that's her revelation, that everything in a Christian's life focuses around the finished work of the cross. Her belief system got shattered and shaken. Must be 20 years ago when God gave her revelation of the cross. Her belief system totally radically changed toward everything focused around the cross. Amen? Which is good news. Your belief system can change. Watch this now, my friends. The enemy of spiritual is physical. Amen? Amen? The enemy of supernatural is natural. See, 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 if we just keep a human point of view, then we're never going to embrace the spiritual, supernatural, empower the power, the presence, the truth of the Word of God. Because, there's, see, if you, if you have a belief system based on, on human effort, on human stuff, then what happens all the time, you automatically, the problem with the belief system, it automatically just, just rejects anything that doesn't line up with the belief system. See, this is what happens, see. So once we get inundated, once we get, once we get our minds set on our belief system, why does it, okay, go back here. Why, why do we get so excited preaching? 
Why do we get so excited and sometimes loud preaching and bouncing all over the place? Why do we just declare that God with boldness? Why do we worship God passionately? You know why? We're trying to break you out of your belief system. See, we, we got to show. We, see, human nature has to see something extraordinary to break out of the ordinary. See, they have to see. Is that some people say, "Man, this guy's really passionate about what he's teaching." He is kind of too passionate sometimes about what he's teaching. But man, I like this because he's causing me to think. What's happening? The belief system that you've lived with is being challenged. And you can have a religious belief system. You can have a worldly belief system. You can have all different stages of faith belief system. But we all have to be growing. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's keep moving forward. So the world calls their belief system, and I think you've all heard this term. It's not, it's not you know, criticizing or anything. It's just secular humanism. Everyone, everyone heard that one? Secular humanism. Well, that just makes sense, doesn't it? Secular? Yeah, based on humanism. So, so the, the, the system that most of the world lives on is based on a human efforts. Basically, it's human efforts. But, but most of the world, much of the world, wants to leave God out. Not, not much of the world. Out, outside of North America, it's not like it is in North America. Do you know that? In Africa, it's not like it is here. You know, we, we, when we talk about churches like de denominations that, are, that, that aren't pre preaching the Word of God, well, my friends, when you go to a Methodist church, a Presbyterian ch church, a Lutheran church, over there, they're on fire, speaking in tongues, believing God, born again. See, don't think the rest of the world's like Canada. We are a special people. We, we have, our nation, our society has degraded to a special place of immorality. Come on, let's just say it. We know it's out there. We're in a special mess in Canada. Amen? But you don't have to be in that mess. You don't, your household doesn't have to be in, your finances don't have to be in that mess. Your health doesn't have to be in that mess because based on the belief system that you choose to live by, you're going to get the results of your belief system. Amen. I want you to see how important this is. So uh, secular humanism, it's all about human effort, human strength, human ability. Leave God out. I can do it. It's all about me. Amen. See, that's secular humanism. And, and, and we, we recognize it it's doesn't line up to any part of the Word of God. And yet we have to recognize that, that the majority of Canadians, the majority of your neighbors are living under the belief system of secular humanism. And that doesn't make them bad people. It makes them people in need of help. Your help. Your witness, your invitation, your bringing them to church, your smile, your love, honor, and respect, your example of living in your house, your nice cut lawn, your clean car, your kids doing all, all the things. That's what they're looking for. They say, they go to church. Look at how they live. Look at their place. Look at their gardens. Look at the smiles. Look how they play. Look how those kids play. Hey, that mom doesn't yell a bit outside to her kids. She's so calm about her kids. The kids are so well behaved. Just saying. 
Amen. It's, it's just saying, I'm just, I'm not, not trying to, not trying to, to bash. I'm just trying to say, you know, we're to be a witness. But Augustine said this, witness Jesus everywhere you go. And if you must use words. What's he saying? Make it your lifestyle. Your witness should be your lifestyle. Amen. And so your lifestyle is in everything you do, everything around you, everything you possess. Praise the Lord. Make it your lifestyle. Praise the Lord. So the challenge of every Christian, watch this now, is to forsake secular humanism as their belief system and learn the belief system of the kingdom of God, of faith, of trusting God. Amen? And so, so the, the purpose of church then you might, whatever stage of your faith you're in, you, you might be online, you might be here, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you're looking because you know what's happened? Watch this now. Why do people get saved? Their belief system has let them down. That's why people come to church predominantly because the belief system of secular humanism has let them down, disappointed them, not met their needs, not been able to heal, not been able to provide, has not given the main one no peace. The one of the greatest keys of our belief system is the peace of God. The whole world is looking for it, and we have it, and we got to start bragging about it. Amen? So you can have all the money in the world, but by how many, how many people were multimillionaires are committing suicide? I mean, how many, how many times you see these rock stars and great movie actors and actresses, they're, 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 they got everything, and then they say, but they committed suicide. Why? Because money doesn't bring you peace. Jesus brings you peace. Our belief system brings you peace. I want joy. If I could just be happy, our belief system brings you happiness. Amen. Tom and me were just talking about that. We were just talking about in the coffee shop how Tom, Tom was, born, was in one denomination. I was raised in another denomination, but we were close. Pastor Adam was talking about in the Old Testament they burned incense. That wasn't Old Testament. My dad burned incense through the house all the time growing up as an Anglican minister. He had his own personal incense burner in the house. And when he wanted to get spiritual, we all got spiritual with the incense burning, I tell you. Praise God, but we laughed about that. We thought, we thought it was so funny. Dad had his own incense burn in the corner of the living room. He was so, he'd go through, oh, and we'd be laughing. He'd be laughing too, but he, he liked incense. Amen. He liked to smoke his pipe and burn incense in the house. Cool dude, eh? Amen. <laughs> Levi, that's your great grandpa. We've changed. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's go quickly. You say, it's up to you to go quickly, Pastor. Amen. <laughs> Jesus had to deal with, well, just have fun with this. You already know you got to change, right? So I don't have to be super heavy, right? We just have fun, but you know you got to change. You know you got to live by faith. You know you can't make any more excuses. Okay, let's have some fun. Okay, praise the Lord. All right, Mark chapter 10. Jesus had to deal with this again with his disciples. You know what those disciples is? You know, they were, they were battling secular humanism in their way of thinking right up until the day of Pentecost when they got born again filled with the Holy Ghost. Then they finally got it. Well, we're born again, so we can get it. Praise the Lord. Watch this. A few verses here. I'll go quickly. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. Then James and John, the son of Zebedee, uh, came out over and spoke to Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. 
Uh, Jesus, what's your request? They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, because they knew Jesus was going away, we want to sit in place of honor next to you, one on your right and one on your left. <laughs> Automatically saying, what are these guys thinking, right? But these are the th sons of thunder, right? Okay. So, so verse 38, but Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. He says, you don't know what you're talking about. Are you able to drink the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I'm, I must be baptized? With? Oh, yeah, we're, we're good. We're good, Jesus. That's what they said. Oh, yeah, we got it, Jesus. Oh, yes, they replied, we're able. Then Jesus, then, then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink my bitter cup, of, cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right hand and my left or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. And that's interesting. He already has prepared all that, right? Because he's in charge. When the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. They were ticked, right? And, and so 42. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of this world or human people lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over the, those under them. Verse 43, but among you, it will be different. I got that underlined, bolded, and made bigger font. But among you, it must be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and, for, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For every, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen? Now watch this now. See, see, he was dealing with secular humanism with his, uh, his disciples. They were thinking human. They were thinking natural. They were thinking, I want the highest place around Jesus. I want that position. Jesus, you don't even know what you're talking about. That's almost as bad as get behind me, Satan. Right? But see, see, because he, he was catching them in their wrong thinking, their wrong belief system. And so he says, no, in my kingdom... If you're going to run in my belief system, in the belief system where you're going to get blessed, you have to be serving. You have to be you're helping people. You have to be witnessing. You have to be giving your life for people. See the difference? Two systems. One system, secular humanism, all about me. I'm the boss. I tell you what to do. You serve me. Jesus says, but in my system called the kingdom of God, my belief system, I become your servant. I serve you. I do things to help you have a better life. See the difference? See, and we need to embrace that belief system. That's why we're always encouraging you to become a volunteer. Always become, encouraging you to become a, a witness. Always encouraging you to, to be out there doing something to help other people to get, and get your minds off all your issues. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to see this. So Jesus corrected his, his disciples and ultimately us away from secular hum humanism towards servant leadership, serving and giving, uh, giving ourselves to others. Amen? So many challenges that continue, and watch this now, many challenges that continue in a Christian's life are because they're hanging on to their old belief system instead of going full speed to a life of faith and living by kingdom principles. That was from the Holy Ghost. He says, many people, Christians, who love me are still going through the same challenges year after year because they have not accepted flat out my belief system. 
They're still hanging on to the old wine. They're still hanging on to old ways. Maybe they like some of the old religious ways. Maybe they like some of the old worldly ways. You know, there's in Mark chapter 4, it says thorn, the thorny person is the one who gets born again, wants to live for Jesus, but the cares of this world, secular humanism, keep choking them out. Amen? So we have to make sure that, that, that if we're going to live for Jesus, live for Jesus. So Jesus even said in Revelations, he says, he says if you're going to live, if you're going to be cold, be cold. If you're going to be hot, be hot, but don't be in between. Now, my friends, in these last days, it's time to get hot. In these last days, it's time to forsake secular humanism. It's time to say, forget about the world and the world's ways. Now, you can get religious about this. You can get really dumb about this if you want. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we have, we have a system. We have a way to live as Christians. We have a way to talk as Christians, a way to give as Christians. We have a way to believe as Christians. The world has an opposite way. And I've said this for 30 years. As long as I've been preaching, I've been saying, the worst person in this earth is not a sinner. The worst people, the mentality, I'm thinking feeling-wise, mentality-wise, joy-wise, the worst pe people in this world, feelings-wise, strength-wise, so just, just love and life are the Christians, born-again Christians, who have one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. Because Jesus is clear. Pastor Brian did a great teaching on the book of, of James uh, back in the early COVID days. The, wor the, the word is clear. You can't do that. He says very clearly, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord if you're still playing with the world and playing with God. You can't be double-minded. You can't be tossed by the wind to and fro in every decision. Psalm 112 says your heart has to be fixed. Your heart has to be steadfast. You have to be like eyes like flint on Jesus. You have to come to a place in life that every decision you make is based on the Word of God, on the truth of God. Everything you do is based on praise and thanksgiving and the finished work of the cross. And some people say, oh, pastor, that's too radical. I can't be there. I just want you to tell me nice things. Tell me I'm okay. Tell me, okay, I can tell you nice things. I can tell you you're okay, but you're not going to get your breakthrough. Your breakthrough is going to come by getting on fire for God, by getting tied into the kingdom of God, from shifting your belief system away from secular humanism and just trash it. And my challenge for you today, because I'm out of time, basically I can't go any further. i got to close this thing up. So I'll tell you my challenge. My challenge for you today, whether you're online on the rewatch, whether you're here in person, whether someone shares this message with you, my challenge for you today is take this week and examine your lives. And really go into your life and say, what have I been holding on to? What part of my human life's belief system have I been holding on to that when I read in the Bible, the Bible clearly tells me I'm supposed to be doing this, yet I'm holding on to this. And we all have it, including me. Come on now. Because the last time I checked in the mirror, I did not look at a perfect person coming back at me. 
And the one thing I love about this church is we get it that we're human. We get it that we all fall short of the glory of God. Not one person will ever be behind this pulpit saying, I'm perfect, you're not, be like me. That would be a big lie. Amen? We're all in this process, this journey of growth together. Amen? But here's the thing. This, I, I learned this from Esther on Wednesday night. I'd never seen it before. Esther didn't preach it. But as she was preaching it, the Lord said to me, did you see this? I said, obviously not. John 8.32. Most of us know that verse. And you will know what? The truth. And the truth will make you free. The Lord said, did you see that? I said, no. He says, this, that scripture has two stages to it. Mentions truth twice. He says, first of all, you, get to, you have to know the truth. That's we read our Bible, come to church, we get to know the truth. And you shall know the truth. And then acting on that truth will set you free. There's always a corresponding action to everything we learn. I got up there and said, man, I got a revelation, Esther. That was so good. Because you can't just know something. You got to do what you know. You can't just hear something. You got to put a corresponding action to what you've heard. And many times what happens in, in Christendom and, and churches, we hear a good message, but we don't put any action to it after we hear it. We just go on, pick up another message online, find out what, what another preacher was saying, another church is going on, another worship experience, another tape, another this. But we don't ever put any action to the teaching that we're hearing. And in, in the 80s and 90s, when everyone, there were CDs and, and, and tapes and, and everything available, DVDs available, we, we, we found a problem where Christians were actually using the preachers as their entertainment, as their Netflix, as their blockbuster videos. And they listened to preacher after preacher after preacher thinking they were getting something, but not acting on anything. And so you can't, you, preach is not entertainment, although it can be entertaining. Preaching's not motivating, although it should be motivating. But preaching has to be a challenge to you to move forward and act upon the word that's gone forward. Amen? That's my challenge to you today. Will you examine yourself? Will you examine your life? Amen? You know, I, I was doing a I was doing a, 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 a fundraising thing. It was a, a three-hour TV uh, program, live program for Miracle Channel a number of years ago when I was on TV with them. And they said something I never forgot. They said every prayer request that we ever get always and only falls into three categories. We're not that complicated. Amen? First category finances. Will you pray for my finances? We all need them. Two is health. Three, marriages and family. Every prayer request that you and I ever will have likely will fall into those three categories. You're right, isn't it? Think of all, all, everything you need of. 
it'll fall into one of those three categories. But see, the, the thing is, the belief system of Jesus is clear in all those three categories, what to do, how to get favor, how to get the faith, how to get it fixed. Just think of it. If, if, what, if we, what if you and I, individually, me for me, you for you, we just made a choice. I'm going to ask you to stand in a few minutes and make that choice. Heads up. But here's the bonus of this, the benefit of this. What if you and I made the choice that you and I will go flat out into the kingdom of God belief system? Flat out. We're just going to believe everything that comes. We're going to have a, we're going to believe. What if we became, can I even say, experts in these three areas that all of our prayers are in? What if we built, built up a belief system like built on revelation of healing is for me and my family? I know how to get it. I'm led by the Holy Ghost. What if we got so good with covenant, with the tithes and offerings and serving and, and our words coming out of our mouth that we just absolutely lived, absolutely assured, I don't have a care in the world about my finances. God always takes care of me no matter what. Amen? And what if we got to that place in our belief system that we just lived, our family just lived by kingdom principles, lived, talked, worshiped, prayed, word, church, love, everything, that everyone, that, that everyone, our family just knew that this family grows up, is part of the kingdom of God. What if we got so good, so professional in these areas that we can get our breakthrough anytime we need it. Because the Lord answers every prayer as soon as you pray it, according to the Word of God. What if we made that choice today? And what if we acted on our choice and started doubling down on our belief system of the kingdom of God? What if we started taking the word that was preached and the word we read and applying it right to our life that day and not wavering away from it? Let's all stand to our feet. My conclusion's longer than my sermon. Amen? I believe Pastor Brian, Pastor Adam was both saying as they did their part of the service how special of a day this is. I believe this could be one of the most special days in your life right now if you would let the Holy Ghost help you make a choice to go flat out for God. Forsake secular humanism. Forsake human thinking. And turn your life to Jesus. What could he do? Now I know Lynn and I, we're not perfect, but we've made these type of choices many years ago. And we've decided, we decided many years ago, if we're going to have a church, it's going to be based on the Word of God. It's going to be based on kingdom of God and faith. My friends, I believe we're living the life and the quality of life we're living right now because of those choices we made many years ago. And that's why I tell you about this, because this is not a, this is not a new theory or fresh revelation I got yesterday. This has been our lifestyle for years. 
My friends, it's good. It's good to be blessed. It's good to have peace. It's good to have joy. But see, I'm not here to be your boss. I'm not here to be the holy high priest here. I'm here to be your servant, just what Jesus said. So as a servant, I'm trying to give you something that you need to have the highest quality of life you can have on earth. It does take choices. It does take effort. It does take thinking. It does take planning. It does take saying no to some things and yes to others. But the results are beautiful. If you want to make your choice, I'm not forcing anybody. I couldn't force you if I wanted to. But I like lifting my hand to Jesus. I love lifting my hand to Jesus. Let him know that heard you loud and clear, Jesus. Heard you loud and clear, Jesus. I'm making my choice. I'm making my choice. Lord, you told me that I should know the truth. Well, the truth has been so clear this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But now I'm going to act on the truth, and it's going to make me free. Holy Spirit, I believe whether it's online, on the rewatches, in person, however people hear this message, there's going to be some quality decisions made right now. I just believe, Father, that you have been so beautiful to us, so merciful to us, so loving to us. You keep us. Your mercy is great. You do what you can to bless us, but there's more. And what you're challenging us today for, Father, is the more. That we would get hold of the more, tie into the more, live out the more that you have for us. Just say, Heavenly Father. Oh, let's say it like we mean it. Heavenly Father, I receive your word of truth. Heavenly Father, I'm going to put action to this word of truth. I will forsake the human thinking, the secular humanism. I'll forsake all the world's ways. And with your help, Holy Spirit, with your teaching and your leading, I turn my life wholeheartedly and completely to the Lord, to the Word, to faith. Holy Spirit, help me develop my belief system based on the kingdom of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your help, Holy Spirit. You'll be surprised what starts happening now in your life. If you're like me, I'm driving down the road. I can say, let's check out the news. I go to turn on the radio, and the Lord says, why don't you pray in tongues? I said, okay. You go to do this, why are you doing that? You could do this, okay. And then you follow his leading, and you watch habits change. You watch things happen. Amen? Praise the Lord. I love it when we just let the Holy Spirit in, and we say, do it. Do it. Do it. Amen? Yeah. 
All right. While you're standing, we're in a holy place right now. You're watching online. You're here. Are you born again? This all starts by being born again. This all starts, all this whole belief system, really, it starts when we say yes to Jesus. And so at the end of every service, what we like to do, we like to offer a prayer of salvation. We like to offer people an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because Jesus is the one who paid the price for your and my sin. Jesus is here today to say, if you'll accept me, I'll come into your life. If you let me take over your life, wow, you'll have an amazing life. But we have to let him do that. So we have this very simple prayer we pray every week. We don't get saved every week, but I think every saved person should say this prayer every week because in it is asking forgiveness. In it is asking that we learn more about the kingdom lifestyle, the belief system. In this is so much, there's so much content here that for us every week, but if you're not born again or you're backslidden, you haven't been serving the Lord, then you say this prayer and the Lord will enter your heart. You will be born again. Let's say this prayer together. Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me learn about you and grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare you're my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, thank you for receiving me. Amen.